You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Merry Christmas. Just yesterday, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are just full of so much excitement and joy and magic and celebration. For me, it's one of the highlights of the year. I know for many people, Christmas is their holiday. It's their favorite. And I got to thinking about it, and I realized that I can pretty much remember almost every Christmas of my life. And my hunch is that's probably true for you, no matter your age, that you can probably remember something significant about every Christmas in your life if you were to trace it back. And I think that just reminds me that things like the birth of a new baby, as we read about in the Christmas story, are like that. They're memorable. They're things that you will never forget for the rest of your life. That's what it was like when Jesus was born. And when you have a new baby, perhaps you can remember uh, your children. When you had your children, uh, maybe you can think about a friend or a family member or someone that you know close to you who has recently welcomed a new baby into their lives. And, and you know that excitement and that joy and that celebration and that sleeplessness. Uh, but you remember that that is a moment that you will never forget. Uh, just last week, we were uh, telling, fa- telling the, our children the stories of their births. It was part of our children's ministry Advent plan. And, and I realized that, that these are things that we will remember for the rest of our lives because they were definitive moments. The birth of a new baby is filled with uh, calling friends and family to share the good news, to, to tell them the name, to give the details, to take pictures. It's a moment in time that we remember. But what about the days after the birth? Well, for new parents like Mary and Joseph, they were filled with wonder and excitement. But after a while, that gives way pretty quickly to a list of to-dos that are less than glamorous. You see, on Christmas Eve in my sermon, I talked about the different kinds of wish lists that people had for the Messiah when Jesus was born. Things that they had hoped, things that they had on their list that they wanted him to do and and who they wanted him to be. And so today what I want to talk about is the after Christmas list. All the things that would come after the birth of Jesus. You see, when Luke tells his story and we hear the Christmas story, we've heard the good news. We've sung with the heavenly choir of angels. Angels, we've rejoiced with the shepherds, we've pondered the deep and cosmic mysteries of all that's happening in this moment of Emmanuel, God with us. And that part of the scriptures right there is from Luke up to verse 20. Now, what I want to invite you to do is to remember that all that excitement has built to verse 20 right there in Luke. And I want to take us to verse 21, the very next verse. Now listen to this. When eight days had passed, Jesus' parents circumcised him and gave him the name Jesus. This was the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. When the time came for their ritual cleansing in accordance with the law from Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It's written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord, 
a pair of turtle doves, and two young pigeons. Now I want to pause there before continuing on, and I want to highlight a couple of things. This list of to-dos sounds different than some of the things we might do, but I want to assure you that the things that are happening here, the, the circumcision, the going to the temple, the ritual cleansing, the offerings, the dedication, all of these were the basic checklist in those days of things that new parents needed to do. You know, none of this is particularly glamorous. And honestly, some of it sounds kind of painful. It's not full of cosmic mystery and majesty. But in the first days of the life of Jesus, it reminds us that there are things to be done. In the first days after the birth of my children, there was a similar list. We had to do things like go to the pediatrician for the first checkup. We had to go to the medical records office. We had to pay the hospital bill. I remember driving over one day, just a few days after their birth, to uh, the hospital to get their social security number and pick up their records. It wasn't glamorous, but it was a thing we did on the list. And in fact, when Addison was born, uh, on the second day of her life, I remember we were still at the hospital and we were in the maternal infant unit. Uh, Melanie was there in the bed and they had a little couch that I was sitting on and she was getting just a few minutes of rest. And so I had Addison in my arm, two days old, wrapped up and swaddled up. She was asleep. And, and in the other hand, I had my phone and I was signing her up for a Florida 529 college savings plan. It wasn't magical or mysterious but it was on the to-do list. That's kind of what happens in the weeks and days after Christmas, the 26th and the 27th. You know, the world suddenly becomes quiet and people are home and work and school is closed and there's no more rushing around to find the last gift. It's just relaxing and playing with toys, maybe doing a few small errands or chores, but nothing really spectacular. As we hear Luke's account of these routine things that take place in Jesus' life, the giving of his name, the circumcision, the going to the temple, it's a reminder to us that these were all the normal to-dos. But remember, Christmas Eve taught us and reminds us that God is a God of surprises. And just when we think everything is ordinary, that's the moment that God shows up and does something extraordinary. So I want to invite you in the midst of this everyday task list that they have, to hear what God does next at the temple. I want to pick up in verse 25. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, and he said, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of your people. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and a glory for your people Israel. <laughs> His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. 
Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this boy is a sign to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that generates opposition so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your innermost being too. Simeon in these verses speaks of the wild reality, the wild call that God has for this innocent and seemingly unassuming baby. That this would be the Messiah that they had waited on for hundreds of years and that his life, even now in this moment, would be a light in a world of darkness. It's surprising again, and it reminds us that God sent Jesus to be the Messiah to not just the people of Israel, but to the whole world. Not just for one nation, but for all. And all of that good news is beginning right now. And just when Mary and Joseph think that maybe things will settle down and we won't have so many shepherds and angels kind of roaming around the house, surprise, once again, God breaks in to remind them of the significance of this baby and the call to bring salvation to all people. He goes on to say that this baby would cause some to rise closer to God in ways that they never could have imagined before, and it would cause some to fall away, perhaps because they just couldn't get on board with this new thing that God was doing, or the the way that Jesus embraced so many people would be a challenge to them of who was in and who was out. Jesus would make a definitive mark in history that would forever change the world. This baby. Like Joseph and Mary, in verse 33, I want to invite us on these days after Christmas when we're in the routines of our list, the couple of things to do where nothing is necessarily that big as it was before. To allow ourselves to be amazed about what was said about Jesus. May today remind us to stand amazed in the presence of God, Jesus with us. Just when we think that the world is what it is, just when we get lost in the routine, that's when God can show up and surprise us again, reminding us that the love, the hope, the peace, and the joy has come into this world, into your heart and into mine. So may we live as Christmas people who go about the everyday on the lookout for God's extraordinary work. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. I want to offer a prayer and then we'll have the words on the screen. I want to invite you to join your voice with mine as we um, pray together the Lord's Prayer. Let's pause and pray. God, you surprise us every day. Sometimes it's Uh, a surprise that is welcome because it brings encouragement and hope or speaks to us a word that we need to hear about how we can follow you or a challenge that we're facing. Sometimes those surprises come to us in unexpected ways and, and sometimes like the birth of a new baby, they are both exciting and challenging. They bring forth a great deal of joy, but they also bring forth a great deal of energy. And so we recognize that Your presence in this world forever changes everything, including us. 
And we ask in these days after Christmas that you will help us to remember the spirit of Christmas, all that we celebrated in Advent. Help us to be a people who are on the lookout for love, who are pointing towards the hope in the world, who are being agents of peace, and who are deep, finding deep reservoirs of joy. Not just happiness that we can pull out from ourselves, but, but joy. And we know that all of this comes from your abiding presence in our lives. So God, this morning as we gather together in this format, we unite our voices together, praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.